Welcome to Dancing in Your Head, the radio show where we explore the outer reaches of music. Um, my name is Nell, and our guest in the studio today is Mark Williams. Hello, Mark. How are you? And yourself? Oh, there we go. There you are. Could you, <laughs> could you say hello again, please? I'm um, h- hello, <laughs> and I'm well. Good. Very good. So, um, Mark... Mark is actually the director of a fantastic organisation called Circuit Artist Film and Video Aotearoa New Zealand. Did I get that right? You did indeed. I didn't yeah. know we were going to talk about Circuit. No, we're I could not. put we're this not. on my Creative oh, New Zealand you report now. You well, see, you could, you could. Okay, we can talk about it. <laughs> well, we don't know. But, but as well as that, Mark is a fantastic musician who has been involved in numerous projects, including Cookie Bookman and the Crumbs, Marineville. What else? Bad Statistics. One of my faves. Yeah, they're a good one. And lots of other things. Lots of other things. Too many to name, really. Um, so today we're going to be listening to a bunch of tracks selected by Mark. And I firstly introduced the show as exploring the outer reaches of music, but I think we're also exploring the outer reaches of your record collection because you told me something about not having listened to most of these tracks before. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, I tried to pick a few things that I had, like, bought and not had the time to listen to or only listen to, like once or twice. Okay. So I don't even know how far out some of the stuff is. Yeah, right. Uh, but the first track, the fourth track on that LP there is uh, by Jad Fair and it's fairly, um, it's not necessarily the outer reaches of music but it's kind of maybe a friendly way to start a show. Sure, nice. <laughs> only problem, it looks like we've only got one record player going in the studio at the moment so we're just going to uh, swap over the LPs and bring in the next track quite shortly. How was your train ride out here this afternoon, Mark? It was good. Yeah, it's very lush out here. It's just like uh, there should be like uh, people all wearing just white, you know, like knocking about a polo ball or something. Oh. <laughs> well, there is a tennis court which gets quite a lot of use, I think. Um, just down the road, we can go check it out after the show. Well, as long as they're all wearing white. Okay, here we go. So this is Jed Fear. Do you know the name of the track? It's called Firecracker.
was a lovely way to ease into the afternoon, Mark. Wasn't it just? Wasn't it just? Do you, can you tell us anything about that particular track or maybe the artist, Jad Fair? Not too much. I just remember seeing him play at uh, the old bar bodega. He had a very expensive Rickenbacker guitar. He couldn't actually play guitar in any way whatsoever. He just kind of scuffed it and sung along. And then sometimes he would just hit a, uh, I remember him thumping a chair and singing along to that. And he'd made a whole lot of paper cuts on the plane. This is before 9-11, so you could take scissors on the plane. And he sold them for like 40 bucks each, these like paper (laughs) cutouts. That is a great idea for merch, isn't it, really? Like incredibly cheap to produce and um, sounds like he got a good return on it. So do you have another track lined up for us? Yes, well, uh, so this is a record by Robert Quine and Fred Mayer called Basic. And I haven't listened to this all the way through, but I was reminded of it because my friend Rosie just purchased it uh, and was raving about it online, so I thought I'd dig it out. Cool. So which track are we playing off this? Well, anything. I've got no idea. Okay, let's... How about we play track one, side one? Yeah, I mean, you put your best foot forward, don't you, supposedly? You do, you do. This one's called Pick Up. I'll just just line it up because just reminding people we only have one record player in action today. We go pick up. <laughs>
So that was Pick Up by Robert Quine and Fred Mayer. What are your thoughts on hearing that for the first time, Mark? Was it the first <laughs> time you'd heard it? Really? Yeah. Uh, well, I've played it kind of quietly in the background at, at home, but not really listened to it. Yeah, it was cool. Robert Quine and Fred Mayer played with Lou Reed on uh, an album called The Blue Mask, and they were both uh, different times fired by Lou. Robert Quine, the guitarist, because he was sort of... His playing was so far out that he'd begun to steal the limelight. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was cool to hear it. It was quite a seasick sound, we were saying, eh? a little bit like, almost like the record player wasn't quite balanced properly or something, which I'm sure it is. Yeah. But <laughs> it's a very professional station yeah, here at Bygone Yeah, it is. It totally is. It's awesome. Um, what, do you want to tell us about this next track we're going to listen to? Uh, okay, so this is from the soundtrack to the movie Performance, which starred Mick Jagger and came out in, I don't know, somewhere between the late 60s and early 70s. And it's a track performed by Buffy St. Marie, but I think it's written by Jack Nietzsche, like almost everything on this soundtrack except for uh, there's a Rolling Stones track. And But um, yeah, let's play it. Uh, I don't think Buffy sings on it, so it's okay, let's play it. Let's quite different. It.
So that was, remind me the name of the track? Uh, something like uh, Dead Red. Actually, I've got the record cover right here. Okay, so you got the job. You? <laughs> it, is, it was called Died Dead Red. Right. And you reckon it's by, not by Buffy St. Marie, but featuring her. Yeah. Uh, so the record is promoted as music by Jack Nietzsche. Okay, yes, yes, I see. Well, that's promoted with a giant photo of Mick Jagger's okay. face. <laughs> ah. um, actually, it says that Buffy St. Marie played a mouth bow solo on that. So I guess that was that twangy sound we were listening to. Uh -huh. That was nice. I loved that. Very cool. Um, what do you know about Buffy? I don't know much about her at all, really. No, I know almost nothing about Buffy St. Marie. She's she's a kind of like a, not quite a cult favourite, but, you know, she's like one of those names that always float around. Did she write, was she, um, did she write quite a few songs for other people, just for other singers? Am I getting that right? Maybe. I know a lot of people yeah. have covered her songs. Yeah. yeah. She's like a, maybe she's like a songwriter's songwriter. Songwriter's songwriter, yeah. Okay, so now we're going to listen to a track off the record that you've just handed me, which is by Tom Zay. I'm not so hot on um, Brazilian, I think Brazilian. Is he from Brazil? He is, eh? Yeah, he is. Don't know how to pronounce the record title. But if anyone really wants to know, you can um, <laughs> you can phone in. Uh, I think I'll, I'll give it a go. Com de feito da fabrica chau. That was dreadful, sorry. Yeah. 
was Tom Zay and his band, I presume, um, call, a track called Defect Curiosidad. That was awesome. So Tom Zay is from Brazil, I think, eh, Mark? He is. He is. He's one of a, a group of artists in the 1960s who were known as part of being part of the Tropicalia movement. And at the time, my understanding is Brazil was ruled by a military dictatorship and they were all very young and quite, you know, revolutionary um, people, but also in the popular imagination. So they're offside with those people, but they're also at odds with the left-wing element who are all uh, strict Marxists and believe that the Tropicalia artists' interest in American styles was corrupting a kind of pure Brazil ideal. Okay. So Tom Zay and Catana Veloso and Gilberto Gil and all those guys were right. really interesting for that. Yeah. Cool. Nice track. So the next track we're going to listen to is by... Do you want to tell us about it? That's The Ambitious Lovers, uh, Arto Lindsay and Peter Shearer. Uh, I thought that would be a nice follow-up because Arto Lindsay is a Brazilian New Yorker as well, and he's actually worked with one of those early Tropicalia guys, and I think uh, might have had something to do with writing like liner notes for David Byrne's label when they started reissuing a lot of that stuff. Okay. Um, so Arto is someone who can't play guitar uh, properly, but he plays a twelve-string guitar, which is just strong. Which is, I don't know how it's tuned, but if you you, you see him play it on its own, it just sounds like uh, something falling through a tin roof. <laughs> but this is him working uh, in a sort of pop context. But about two-thirds through, you sort of hear him go a bit nuts on the guitar. But this track kind of privileges the pop context okay. heavily. Okay, cool. it's great let's, though. Let's hear it. It's called "Copy Me."
Copy me. That was Copy Me by Ambitious Lovers. Ambitious Lovers. Very nice sound. Um, just a reminder, you're listening to Dancing in Your Head, exploring the outer reaches of music, and today we're exploring the outer reaches of Mark Williams' record collection, <laughs> some of which he hasn't listened to before, so we're there, um, some tracks are getting a first airing for him on this show, which is quite cool. Um, so the next record you've passed me is... Uh, Marie and the Atom. We're going to listen to the first track, Miss America. So Marie and the Atom, uh, their famous track is called Isol. They're a New Zealand flying nun band, but they don't really get talked about ever. Uh, I don't know much about them. Uh, Jill Civil writes for Art News, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and Virginia Weir. I see her name around as well. Or maybe it's Virginia Weir who writes for Art News and Jill Civil does other music, but... Um, yeah, I know very little about Marie and the Atom, but it's an interesting kind of group. Okay, so when is this, do you know roughly when this album might have been released? It's early 80s, early to mid 80s, yeah. 82, 84. Cool, let's hear it. Thank you. 
intense. Was rather. It was. It was great. I'm going to have to listen to some more of them. Marie and the Atom, and that track was called Miss America. I think they they sound like they were fans of Miss America, eh, based on that track, would you say? I reckon I could imagine Miss America coming out and uh, talking about world peace <laughs> with that generally playing in the background. Do you think that was maybe their pitch for the kind of um, music contract for the Miss America pageant? Yeah, Miss along with the um, EP title, Spit It Out. <laughs> oh, that was great. I really enjoyed that. Um, so this next track we're going to play is by, do you want to tell us about this group? This is the Clits, Memphis's first uh, punk group. Uh, I found about out about these guys because uh, Lisa Aldridge is in the band and she was sort of part of the big star story um, working with Alex Chilton on the third big star album, which is a really amazing record. So, um, and these are for women who um, couldn't necessarily play you know, their instruments to any kind of virtuosic standard either, but uh, made a big virtue out of that. And um, nice. yeah, I haven't listened to this, so it'll be interesting. It's a live track, I think. Okay, so this is a seven inch called Live at the Well, I think. Live <laughs> at the Well, and this track is um, TV set. Nice, nice live track. I like how they started that one off 
playing really fast and singing in really high voices. Things <laughs> <laughs> slowed it right down. That was quite cool, eh? Yeah. <laughs> um, so you were just telling me, oh no, we were just talking about that as we, um, as it was playing, eh, and saying it kind of sounded a bit like punk blues or something. Yeah. I mean, you can sort of hear the kind of Memphis yeah. thing in there. Yeah, it's quite dancey. Yeah. And the tempo is kind of like a little bit laggy. Yeah, you know, in that kind of bluesy way. Yeah, and almost in a um, a tiny bit of shags sound. Although I guess the shags get bandied around as, as a reference, probably a little bit too much. <laughs> um, what are we going to listen to next, Mark? Well, okay, we're going to listen to something from the red, the uh, album Kangaroo by the Red Crayola with Art and Language. So Art and Language were a um, conceptual art group which had actually like something well it's mainly based around two or three people i think but sometimes like dozens of members uh in england america and sometimes australia and new zealand and so the red crayola is basically this guy mayo thompson but here he brought uh art and language wrote the lyrics so i thought i'd read the words because they go by really fast and it, there's a little bit of a maybe local interest mm -hmm. So the song's called Kangaroo. It goes, On their voyage of discovery, of privation and cartography, the sailors said to Captain Cook, Come over here and have a look. We've caught a creature with a pouch that leaps and springs and seems to crouch. Its head is small, its ears are long, its legs and tail are thick and strong. No one knew what the creature was. Some men were sent ashore because animals must have a name, and the natives knew the game. Meanwhile, the captive, pushed and shoved, was given leather boxing gloves. The men returned, trusty and true. They tell us it's a kangaroo. The truth emerged much later when, on trips by less resourceful men, the Aborigines told those who'd come to stay that kangaroo meant, what did you say? pretty smooth <laughs> <laughs> okay that was uh, a track called what was that track called Mark? Uh, Kangaroo by the Red Crayola right? yeah thank you for that reading that was very nice I <laughs> that very much I told you yeah, you're right the lyrics do go, go past very quickly I wouldn't have wouldn't have caught the whole story of that I don't reckon 
Um, so you've just handed me a little seven inch with some writing scrawled on the kind of ripped up um, paper sleeve. Do you want to tell us about this one? Yeah, so I thought we could just carry along uh, a little a little uh, reading uh, bracket. This is a seven inch I bought in Roy Colbert's record store, Records Records in Dunedin, about 20 years ago. I might have got it free, actually, um, with something else I was buying. But anyway, there's a, a note written on there to someone called Alistair from people, somebody called Bill and Jessica. I think it might be Alistair Galbraith that was written to from Bill Mayer at uh, Roof Bolt Recordings in Chicago. And the message says, United, Alistair, United Pressing sent us these along with yours. With a name like Slug Hog, you know you're getting a quality product. <laughs> so I think I've played this maybe twice in the past 20 years. All my memory of it is, is that it's quite sort of heavy. I don't know if it's good. Or bad or ugly but or anything in between. See what you think. Shall I press start? Yeah, go on. Should we do it? Okay.
I think Bill and Jessica were right about the quality product. <laughs> I am part of the message, don't you think? It's hard to tell. I'd kind of like to hear like a whole half a side of a record of Slughog. I think what, to see really what you think of them. Yeah. Um, no, I liked that. I thought they were quite tight, nice and tight, but still sort of raw and energetic and not too like maths. Mathsy. Yeah. You know, sometimes when metal bands um, practice heaps, they get they get a bit too mathsy or something, a bit too clean. Yeah. So what's up next, Mark? Okay, this is a song by Lou Reed and John Cale off the album Songs for Drella. It's called A Dream, and it's um, where they've... The whole album was a tribute to Andy Warhol, and this track takes excerpts from Andy Warhol's diaries. Um, and John Cale, I guess, does the the reading. We've done a lot of readings in this. We have. This show. It's been a bit of a spoken word, or a word wordy focus. A wordy focus. It's nice. It just happened naturally, though, eh? It did. Oh. <laughs> it was a very cold, clear fall night. I had a terrible dream. Billy Name and Bridget were playing under my staircase on the second floor about two o'clock in the morning. I woke up because Amos and Archie had started barking. That made me very angry because I wasn't feeling well and I told them. I was very cross, the real me, but they just better remember what happened to Sam the bad cat that was left at home and got sick and went to pussy heaven. very cold, clear fall night. Some snowflakes were falling. Gee, it was so beautiful. And so I went to get my camera to take some pictures. And then I was taking the pictures, but the exposure thing wasn't right, and I was going to call Fred or Jerry to find out how to set it. Oh, it was too late. And then I remembered there was still probably a dinner, and anyway, I felt really bad and didn't want to talk to anybody. The snowflakes were so beautiful and real looking, and I really wanted to hold them. And that's when I heard the voices from down the hall near the stairs. So I got a flashlight, and I was scared and went out into the hallway. There's been all kinds of trouble lately in the neighborhood. And someone's got to bring home the bacon, anyway. There were Bridget and Billy playing. And under the staircase, a little meadow, sort of like the park at 23rd Street, where all the young kids go and play frisbee. Gee, that must be fun. Maybe we should do an article on that in the magazine. But they'll just tell me I'm stupid and it won't sell. But I'll hold my ground this time, I mean. It's my magazine, isn't it? So I was thinking that as the snowflakes fell and I heard these voices having so much fun. Gee, it'd be so great to have some fun. So I called Billy, but either he didn't hear me or he didn't want to answer, which is so strange because even if I don't like reunions, I've always loved Billy. I'm so glad he's working. I mean, it's different than Ondine. He keeps touring with those movies and he doesn't even pay us in film. I mean, the film's just going to disintegrate and then what? I mean, it's so normal off of drugs, I just don't get it. And then I saw John Cale. He's been looking really great. He's been coming by the office to exercise with me. Ronnie said I have a muscle, but he's been really mean since he went to AA. 
I mean, what does it mean when you give up drinking and then you're still so mean? He says I'm being lazy, but I'm not. I just can't find any ideas. I mean, I'm just not, let's face it, going to get any ideas of the office. And seeing John made me think of the velvet. I've been thinking about that when I was on St. Mark's place, going to that new gallery those sweet new kids have opened. But they thought I was old, and then I saw the old Dom, the old club where we did our first shows. It was so great. I don't understand about that Velvet's first album. I mean, I did the cover, I was the producer, and I always see it repackaged, and I've never gotten a penny from it. How could that be? I should call Henry. But it was good seeing John. I did a cover for him. But I did it in black and white and changed it to color. It would have been worth more if he'd left it my way, but you can never tell anybody anything I've learned then. I tried calling again to Billy and John. They wouldn't recognize me. It was like I wasn't there. Why won't they let me in? And then I saw Lou. I'm so mad at him. Lou Reed got married and didn't invite me. I mean, is it because he thought I'd bring too many people? I don't get it. Could have at least called. I mean, he's doing so great. Why doesn't he call me? I saw him at the MTV show. He was one row away and he didn't even say hello. I don't get it. You know, I hate Lou. I really do. He wouldn't even hire us for his videos. And I was so proud of him. I was so scared today. There was blood leaking from my shirt from those old scars from being shot. The corset I wear to keep my insides in was hurting. And I did three sets of 15 push-ups and four sets of 10 sit-ups. But then my insides hurt and I saw drops of blood in my shirt. And I remember the doctors saying, Later they had to take blood out of my hand because they ran out of veins. But then all this thinking was making me an old crouch and you can't do anything anyway, so they wouldn't let me play with them in my own dream. I was just going to have to make up another and another and another. Gee, wouldn't it just be so funny if I died in this dream before I It's amazing, yeah. It's quite sleepy, but um, <laughs> sort of. So it was called a dream, mm-hmm. but it was, it was slightly dark, eh? Slightly dark sounding stuff going on in there. Did you yeah, think? definitely. Well, I mean, he's talking about um, the aftermath of being shot by Valerie Solanas too, and I mean, I think there's a bit where he talks about uh, blood leaking through the course that he wears to keep his insides in. So it's yeah, it's definitely dark, um, and lots of petty resentments and. All kinds of things in there, uh, but it's really amazing. 
yeah, it was beautiful. I really enjoyed that. You were saying it inspired, um, partially inspired a song that you've written, Mark. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, I, just, I ripped it off completely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I know the song you're talking about that you wrote, and I, don't, I wouldn't say it's a total ripoff. It's sort of inspired by that kind of um, diary entry style talk. There you go. Monologue kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That was nice. I don't think there's anything wrong either with lifting no. things. Anyway. No. Um, So this other this next record that you've just handed me is something you've just bought on the way to the radio station this afternoon. Yeah, I didn't own this record three hours ago. Okay, and did you (laughs) listen to it in the shop? Nope. Okay, so you haven't actually heard it. Why did you buy it? Uh, Well, I stopped by and I was looking for Arto Lindsay or the Ambitious Lovers, so I went through the A's and I came across this band, which is um, a certain ratio, who are one of those bands that I talked about in that sort of late 70s, early 80s, new wave English bracket, Mm -hmm. like, uh, you know, magazine or whatever. Um, And it was only $7.50. It's called Singles. It said uh, the cover's missing, but it kind of looks like it's got a cover. Or maybe it's the inner sleeve and that's why. That's why it was such a bargain. Yeah. Sweet score. I I have no idea about it. We're going to find out. What do you think it's going to sound like? Have Um, you heard them? I've never heard them. I've never even heard them talked about um, or, or written about. And so I have no idea, um, but the track that I've selected is called Sounds Like Something Dirty. So let's see what it sounds like. How are you feeling about this record you just bought, Mark? <laughs> well, 
I guess this band, it's not like, it's like they kind of can't decide whether they're writing songs or making dance music, I think. Do you know what I mean? It's I like, know what you mean. is it a record you listen to or a record you play really loud to dance to? To dance to. Could be both, could be both. It could be both, but... Um, Crossover? I don't know, it's kind of... It's definitely done. Oh, they haven't, there's been no singing for quite some time. Yeah. This is a pretty dancing number, eh? Got yeah, some good sounds in it. Yeah, I like this this bit here. Yeah. It like sounds the like they could sounds. just sample this bit and have like a rap over it. Yeah, you could you could do some. I could. <laughs> I could be the place to be <laughs> <laughs> on a Sunday. <laughs> yeah, that's, you know I'm enjoying it. I think it's cool. You were saying that um they might fit well on the bill with that earlier band we played called Ambitious Lovers, was it? Yeah, it's that it's kind uh, of in that realm, eh? Chorusy, slappy bass sound. Yeah, chorus bass. That's nice. Shall we listen to a little bit more without talking over the top? Go. We might, in fact, we might um, might even take it to the end of the hour with this track by um, the, what what is the name of this band again? Um, a certain ratio. A certain ratio. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go out with um, this track from a certain ratio. This has been dancing in your head, exploring the outer reaches of music. I am Nell, and today our guest has been Mark Williams. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Nell. Thanks, Pai Kakariki, FM.